Hi, I'm Mark, and on today's episode of the Pop Faith Podcast, we're going to look at Proverbs 19 in our Bible Bite. I'm going to share a story about how OpenAI is developing a web search to rival Google. We're going to look at the Super Bowl commercials and kind of give a ranking of those. I've got a good news story from the world of baseball, and we're going to talk about how Fantastic Forecast was revealed and some details maybe that uh, we can find out about the upcoming movie. Welcome to the Pop Faith Podcast with host Mark Ganey, where each episode we explore how faith connects to everyday life. Each episode is a fun and engaging look at how ordinary Christians can experience the good news all around them in things like movies, shows, pop culture, and even news stories. Thanks for joining in. We are glad you're here. I'm so glad you have joined us for today's episode of the Pop Faith Podcast. We're going to start off like we do every single episode with a Bible bite. And if you're new to our podcast, that's just where I share a scripture and we talk about what it means to everyday life because we believe that your faith does affect every area of your life. So today's Bible bite comes from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. And here's what that verse says. Many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And so when I read that passage, I'm reminded of a really important truth. As human beings, we may make our plans, we may have our dreams, we may have our goals. And, you know, it's still kind of early in the year. It's, it's February when this episode is being recorded. So, you know, we may have all kind of things that we want to do in our lives this year, in our career, in school, uh, you know, just in our personal lives, social lives, all those things. But it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So what that means is we can make our plans, and we should certainly plan because you know the adage, right? Anybody who fails to plan, plans to fail. We should make plans, but we should do it with the understanding and the knowledge that God's purpose, the Lord's purpose will stand. So what that means is God is in control, and His sovereign plan and purpose cannot be thwarted, cannot be frustrated even by our plans whether they're good or bad. And so it's kind of comforting, to be honest with you, that even if we fail, even if our ideas and our plans don't come to fruition, the purpose of the Lord will still stand. And His plans are always in action. And uh, we can count on them every step of the way. So I think it's a good sobering reminder. It's humbling to to remember and to know that that God's plan is sovereign and that He's in control. We're not. That's a good reminder, right? We're not in control. But it's 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 kind of gives peace knowing that even if we blow it, God doesn't and God won't. But it's also humbling in the other sense. It's convicting that you know sometimes we get we get a little bit distracted, don't we? We lose our focus on God's plans because we're so focused on ours. And so it's a reminder to always seek the Lord first. And uh, it's going to be kind of a, a theme today in today's episode. But really to seek the Lord first and His purpose and His plans, and you know. And, and follow his guidance every step of the way. In today's news you can use, I'm looking at a story that's very interesting to me. Uh, you know, AI, artificial intelligence is kind of everywhere. Um, it's really been on the scene for a while now. Um, if you have, you know, an Apple phone, you have Siri. If you have a Google phone, you've got, hey, Google. Uh, we've got, you know, smart speakers with Alexa and, and different things there. And what's funny is, as I was talking my voice assistant just came up, and so I had to hit stop on this, uh, you know, this recording and start over. So that just shows you it's everywhere. It's been everywhere for a long time, but it's rapidly increasing, especially with you know Chat GPT. That's OpenAI's 
um, artificial intelligence uh, you, where you can ask a question. And now there are a lot different of different ones popping up everywhere. But one thing that I found interesting in this story is that uh, Microsoft is trying to use its open AI platform, right? There's a, those are linked to develop a web search platform that will compete with and rival Google in, in their mind. So that's interesting to me, right? Because Google has been king of the search for a really long time. And so now Microsoft and OpenAI are trying to figure out a way to use all of that information gathering, uh, you know, interface with artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and, and kind of leverage that for a web search engine. I, I'm assuming it's a voice to search or even a text to search. And so they're really trying to compete with with Google, because we know, you know, Microsoft has Bing, and I think they're going to use Bing, the Bing platform, with this, from what I can understand and read between the lines. But, you know, Bing has never been able to to even come close to rivaling Google. Now, if you're like me and you're old, you remember the early search engine days. You know, Internet Explorer was the only browser really anybody ever used until Firefox came along, and then, of course, Google developed Chrome. But you know, during those days, Yahoo was the number one search engine, and then you know, Bing came way later. But but when Google came on the scene, they changed the game. And so here's what's interesting to me: Google really does dictate everything online. Think about it. Even if you don't use Google to search, if you use you know some other way of searching the internet, Google is usually involved because the Google rankings and how they rank you know, uh, results when you search something, keywords and things like that, Google really does dictate everything and how everything shows up. Um, those of you who know me know I do a little bit of web design and development, and, uh, you know, that's really important. i got to figure out how Google's going to rank these things, and we write content based on that so that you can get ranked higher. But if there's somebody who can compete with Google, that changes everything. Because you may... or Realize this, you may not, but Google really has set the bar and really dictated everything online on the Internet. Uh, they, they control just about everything because who controls YouTube? Google, right? And YouTube is the second leading web search tool in the world, right behind Google, Chrome, right? Now, that's pretty amazing. Google owns the two highest web search portals in the world. So if there's somebody who can rival that, I think competition is good. So I'm going to be watching this really with interest, and um, and hopefully we can use that in the future. Maybe we can use AI to search. Maybe that's good. Maybe not so good. But another related story in good news you can use is this. Uh, I understand, read this week, that there is a development of a uh, voice-to-video AI tool. So you know how ChatGPT... Uh, you can ask it a question, tell it to create content, all those things, and it'll do that. There are, you know, paid versions where you can tell uh, ChatGPT to draw something based on what you say, and it will create a, a visual, a drawing, a portrait, a photo, all these things, which is, you know, kind of crazy. But if we get to the the point where it's not only available but effective to say, hey, you know, ChatGPT or whatever device Make a video for me that does this. That is a game changer because that changes the cost. It changes the time factor in creating video content. You know, we think video is king now. It will really be king. But then the question is, how do we know what's real? How do we know what's fake? What if people use those things to create 
you know, events that never really happened and then portray them as true. So there's all these ethical questions in play as we go one step forward in artificial intelligence. So I'm going to be watching. This is news you can use because it's here. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to be watching to see how this develops and to see how people interact with these tools and resources because just like the internet, just like social media, it's a neutral thing. It can be good. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. So I'm interested to see the good we can use and create with it, but I'm also interested to see how we unfortunately abuse it and how we can avoid that. So that is today's news you can use. On today's pop culture spotlight, we are looking at Super Bowl commercials, Super Bowl ads. Uh, maybe you were like a lot of people and you watched the Super Bowl. In fact, this year's Super Bowl between uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers was the most watched Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. That's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, I, I watched because it was a great game, but I'll be honest with you, the reason I started to watch was for the commercials. I love the commercials, whether I like the game or not. I didn't really care for either team in this game, even though I was pulling for one. But, you know, I watched because it's a spectacle. It's a pop culture spectacle, right? And I love the commercials. There were 58 or 59 commercials. Uh, it's interesting. Some people list 59. Some people list 58. Anywhere, you know, all kind of commercials. Bet MGM, BMW, uh, Dove, Kellogg, he gets us Pepsi, Mars, Popeye, State Farm, uh, Booking.com, CrowdStrike, E-Trade, FanDuel, Google, Intuit, Nerds, Oreo, T-Mobile, uh, Verizon, NFL itself, Toyota, Pfizer, Volkswagen, Snap, um, Bass Pro Shops, DoorDash, Etsy, Hershey's. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of commercials. You have the movie commercials. You, uh, you've got the car commercials, tons of different commercials. So there are almost 60 commercials this year. And so I'm going to give you my top three, okay? And I'm going to tell you why. But here's what I want to do. I want to hear from you. What are your favorite commercials from this year's Super Bowl? Okay, so I want to hear from you. What are your favorite commercials? And you can you can do that really easy. You can email feedback at popfaithpodcast.com. Just give me your, your ranking, and you can tell me why. I'd love to hear it. You can do it on social media. So on Facebook or Instagram, when you see the post of this episode, give me your ranking of your top Super Bowl commercials, um, and you can comment on YouTube when this is on YouTube. However you want to do that, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your Super Bowl commercial rankings. You can give me your top three, top five, whatever, and then I want you to tell me why. And that's kind of what I'm going to do today. So out of all of those um, commercials. I've got a few favorites. And I, spoiler alert, comedy is king when it comes to Super Bowl commercials for me. I love those commercials that make me laugh. Uh, you know, there are there was there were a couple commercials that kind of tugged on the heartstrings a little bit, and they were good, but they're they're never my favorite because when I'm watching the Super Bowl, I really don't want to cry. Quite honestly, I've usually got a room full of people. Not that I mind crying in front of people because I do it all the time, but that's not a time in which I want to cry. So I like ones that make me laugh. Now, I will say I'm a sucker for a good movie commercial, and there were some really good movie commercials. However, I'm not, a, I'm not real sure I'm going to like the movies. And so they're, they didn't make uh, my rankings either. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my top three, starting with number three. 
So my number three ranked commercial was actually from a product that I don't use, and it was Mountain Dew. It's having a blast. And again, I'm a sucker for kind of uh, Easter eggs and, you know, connections, things like that. So I loved having a blast because it included a character from one of my favorite shows, and that is Parks and Rec. And so it was just kind of clever. It was weird. It was funny. So the whole commercial was about having a blast anywhere. And you know that's going to resonate with me because I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist. And so I believe you can find a silver lining in every cloud. And uh, so it's like, you know, she's getting beat with with uh, pool noodles, having a blast. Stuck in an elevator, having a blast. I love it. But then my favorite part was the actor who plays Ron Swanson makes a cameo near the end of the commercial that settled it for me. It was in my top three automatically then because I love his character and I love that actor. So that's number three on my list of favorite Super Bowl commercials. Number two on my uh, ranking of Super Bowl commercials was State Farms Like a Good Neighbor. And uh, this one made number one for a lot of people, but it included Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, saying like a good neighbor. And, you know, he's got that accent. And so he says like a good neighbor. And they keep trying to correct him. No, it's neighbor. He goes, that's what I said, neighbor. And I love it because he can't say it, right? And the whole commercial is about that. But the very end, another cameo, I'm a sucker for a good cameo, uh, is Danny DeVito. I love Danny DeVito, but, you know, the movie Twins. And they were making a play, another Easter egg on the movie Twins, how they're, you know, twins separated at birth and things like that. So he says, like a good neighbor, Danny DeVito does for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Perfect timing, perfect delivery. It was so good. So uh, I'm not a customer of State Farm either, but they had my number two ranked Super Bowl commercial this year. So my number one ranked Super Bowl commercial, I kind of called it when I saw it. You know, I think it was maybe midway into the game, maybe third quarter. But I was like, this is going to be tough to beat. And it's Doritos Dina and Mita commercial, right? Dina Mita. It's uh, a new type of chip. And uh, I love it because there is two older ladies that are just doing all kind of epic action uh, sequences during this commercial. And then somebody says dynamite. They go, it's not dynamite. It's Dina Mita, and it's her Dina and Mita are their names. So it's it's a Doritos commercial, really fun, uh, kind of outlandish. And again, I'm a sucker for fun. I'm I like action and things like that. So it's it just comedic, and uh, the timing was perfect to me. So that made my number one uh, on the Super Bowl commercials for 2024. Now you may have enjoyed the commercials, you may not have. You may have enjoyed the game, maybe you didn't. Maybe you loved the halftime show, maybe you didn't. We were in a in a in our house with a group of people watching, and some people loved the halftime show, and some people did not like the halftime show. But it's entertainment, right? That's what this pop culture spotlight really is all about. Uh, but, you know, people spent millions and millions and millions of dollars for a 30-second ad. There were some Christian ads, right? He gets us, and there's some controversy about the whole He Gets Us campaign. But I find it fascinating that in 2024, uh, we are all gathering together to watch a spectacle, the Super Bowl. Uh, but a lot of us are even more interested in the ads that marketers put in front of us. Today's good news story comes from the world of baseball and involves Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon. Now, I'm going to say up front, I have rooted very passionately against Anthony Rendon in the past. 
and really it has nothing to do with his faith. It has everything to do with who he played for. He used to play for the Nationals, and I'm a Mets fan, okay? So uh, he was really good for the Nationals, and he really broke my heart as a Mets fan several times. But I'm, I'm beginning to find that I like him more and more uh, because of his outspoken faith. And so there was a, uh, a reporter that did an interview with him recently. And in that interview, here's what Anthony Rendon said. He said that baseball is not his top priority. Now, those of us who follow Jesus were like, well, yeah, it shouldn't be, right? His faith should be. And that's what he said. He says his faith is number one and his family are more important than baseball. And in fact, he said that if those two things, you know, are, are more urgent than baseball, then I'm leaving baseball. And uh, I'm going to be focused on my faith and my family. And so it's fascinating to hear that. It's encouraging to hear that. But what's amazing to me is this reporter and a lot of other media outlets couldn't believe it. They're like, what? A baseball player who's getting paid millions of dollars to play the game is saying that this is not the most important thing. And they kind of freaked out about it a little bit. But Anthony Rendon explained, look, this is my job. This is what I do. It is a priority in my life. I love what I do. And he said his passion matches his passion when he got drafted several years ago. He's, uh, he's 33 years old now, you know, in the twilight of his career. But I, I love the fact that he was bold enough to say this is not the end-all, be-all. Because most baseball players, it is everything to them. Their success, uh, you know, their individual success, their personal goals, their team goals, winning the World Series, all of that, it's their world. And here's Anthony Rendon, who's been highly successful in the world of baseball, saying this is not the most important thing to me. My faith is the most important thing. So I think it's an encouragement that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, you can have that same stance, right? No matter what your job is or or what your you know, season of life is maybe you're you're in the middle of your career, end of your career, beginning of your career. Maybe you're still a student, and you know you think, well, this has to take precedence. Nothing takes precedence over our faith if you follow Jesus. And I love the 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 freedom that he had to say that. And uh, and you know, people may question it, and go, what is he talking about? But as followers of Jesus, we know that you know our faith is not just a part of our life; it is our life, and it affects everything around us. And so I mentioned earlier, you know, when we talked about Proverbs in the Bible Bite, you know, the purpose of the Lord will stand. Anthony Rendon understands that, that God's purpose stands, and it's more important than anything he can pursue. So let that be an encouragement to you. Whatever you do, wherever you are, seek God first and make him a priority, and he'll take care of everything else after that. All right, on today's Faith Pops and Life Drops, I'm going to look at some Marvel stuff, mainly Fantastic Four. So on Valentine's Day last week, Marvel released a post and a picture, uh, kind of a drawing that revealed the you know long-awaited cast of the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Now the movie itself won't be released until 2025 because you know Marvel's slow rolling some things now and it's going through a bunch of rewrites. But there have been all kind of rumors, I mean for years, for years about who was going to be cast as Marvel's first family. That's what they're called because the Fantastic Four were one of the original heroes of Marvel Comics, and they have been around a long time and been, have been really important in the Marvel Comics universe, and they're about to be important in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, let me say this, there have been Fantastic Four movies, obviously, and uh, they've been done by different studios, different times. They've all been bad. Okay, they've all been bad. There's some better than others, but they, they're bad. So 
We've been awaiting an actual good Fantastic Four movie for a really long time. And I love this cast. So it, it revealed, it said Happy Valentine's Day. Um, uh, and, and it revealed the cast. And so here's the cast. Pedro Pascal is going to be playing Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards. And uh, if you know anything about Pedro Pascal, you know he's been in Mandalorian and so many other things. Great actor. Vanessa Kirby is going to play uh, Invisible Woman. Uh, and then I love this. Ebon Moss Bachrock is going to play uh, the thing, okay? And he's going to play the, the human version of the thing. And uh, he's been in the bear. The, the way I know Ebon is uh, from The Punisher and the Marvel series, The Punisher. He played uh, a character in The Punisher series. Love that guy. He's a great actor. And then, of course, Stranger Things, Joseph Quinn is going to star as uh, Johnny Storm. And so, what a great cast, by the way. What an incredible casting. And uh, no matter how much you know about these, there's some, some really good actors. And I think they're going to bring a different kind of uh, perspective to the Fantastic Four than we've seen in previous movies. So excited about that. This movie could be awesome. This movie could be terrible, right? And that's kind of the way you feel about every single Marvel movie. I'm going to get to one that I just watched recently in a minute. But here's what I really want to talk about. There are actually some details about the movie, I believe, that are revealed in this picture, okay? First of all, they they have, for the most part, comic-accurate costumes in this, uh, in this uh, picture. You can see that picture if you're watching on YouTube now. These actually aren't their uniforms, but they're similar to it, but comic-accurate, um, not like we've seen in the movies recently. Uh, but they've got some space boots on, so that tells me that they're going to be true to the comic story of where the origin of, of Fantastic, Fantastic Four came to be. Uh, they were on a space mission. I think they're probably going to alter it a little bit, and the reason I say that is because in that picture behind the thing, uh, you see Ben Grimm. He is in, it looks like, a, an astronaut outfit from Apollo. So that's, you know, the 60s version of space flight. And then he's got a magazine from the 1960s, a literal magazine that's real from the 1960s. So that tells me that this is going to take place in the 60s. I'm not real sure how they're going to do that in the Marvel Universe timeline and uh, where they're going to fit in, where they've been all these years, all those kind of things. I'm interested to see how they do that. Uh, but I also found it interesting that this robot is in there, and that's Herbie. And in the 70s, they used Herbie uh, in the comic books. Or Actually, they put him in the comic books after he was in a cartoon version of the Fantastic Four, which wasn't that great either, by the way. And so I, all these details that I'm, I'm looking at in this picture, there are more, but I find it fascinating. So I'm excited to see what they do with Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four, when they come out with the movie. I'm really hoping that all these rewrites are for the better. Anytime there are rewrites and reshoots and, and re, you know, scripting and all that, I'm, I get really nervous. Because I've seen what they've done in the past, and I'm like, that didn't come up with a better product. You tried to fix something that was broken and didn't work. But I am hopeful because I'm an optimist, right? And I'm a Marvel fan. Speaking of Marvel, um, I, I skipped the Marvels in the movie theater, like most people probably, because I had been disappointed enough, and I'm not spending money on a mar in a movie ticket on a Marvel movie until they prove me wrong until they say they can produce good movies again. And so I did watch it when it came out uh, on Disney plus, we just watched it recently and, um, very disappointed. I, I really did expect when I watched it to, to rank, uh, the Marvels ahead of Eternals, but believe it or not, Eternals now is not the worst Marvel movie. Uh, in my opinion, it's now 
the Marvels. It was that bad. It was terrible. So I'll have probably some people on here to help me review that officially soon. But I just wanted to share that uh, disappointment again with another Marvel movie. And hopefully this one, Fantastic Four, will redeem the MCU and uh, redeem the, the direction that they're headed when it comes out in 2025. So that is today's Faith Pops and Life Drops. Well, this has been a fun episode to record, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me again on the Pop Faith Podcast. I would love for you to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it or watch it. I would love for you to share it with others. I want others to be encouraged uh, in their faith and to make faith a part of their life wherever they are. So make sure you share as much as you can about this podcast. And I can't wait to see you for the next episode. And until then, remember that faith affects every area of your life. So let it pop through wherever you are.